Welcome to the Industry 4.0 podcast powered by Utility AOR. On this podcast, we look at interesting technologies that are changing the way work gets done. Today, we're talking to Stephen Pitcher of Solus VR about wellness in the workplace using virtual reality. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for joining us today. What are we going to talk about today, Stephen? Yeah, Patrick, thanks for your time. It's great to be here. So we're just going to talk, I suppose, a little bit about virtual reality and really the impact that this, I suppose, now tried and tested technology, but still relatively new technology, has on wellness and on mental health. That's our area of focus. Okay. Very, very interesting, Stephen. So tell me who you are and why you're the right person to tell us about it. I suppose it's not so much me as Solus Vior. We've brought together within that, you know, myself, I've got a 20, 25 years in the corporate arena, but also about 10, 15 years in the meditation space. I teach meditation. I do a lot of nature-based counseling, shamanic uh, work, indigenous wisdom, both kind of mainstream and slightly off mainstream. And the partners in the enterprise, we've brought in people who are true virtual reality, I suppose, XOR um, professionals and experts. We've got a, a theater um, producer and actress on board who is our director of content who knows how to put all this together. So we've got a good collection of people and we've worked with psychologists in places like UL and CIT to really hone the, the experiences, to get the best out of what VR can deliver and doing it in a way that the content lends itself to the medium, I suppose. Okay, so that's really great. I think I was a bit lost, however. You mentioned wellness, and I should have actually focused there. Tell me, what's wellness? Well, yeah, there's a question. So wellness is anything that recognizes or helps us to center ourselves. So if you look at it this way, some of the brief science behind it is constantly we are aggravating or enabling our sympathetic nervous system, which you will know as the fight or flight. And we do that throughout the day. Now, that could be putting too much milk in our coffee or not getting a sale or an argument with our partner or somebody cutting us up in traffic or whatever, or longer term issues, wellness or, you know, our health or our finances. And what we need to do is engage our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that reduces those impulses and restores calm a natural rhythm to our breathing, that kind of thing. So that's simply what wellness is, is being in that state where we're not provoked by something else, whether short, medium or long term. Okay, so you're talking about calming down, having a calm time, and you're using VR to provide people with a space to do that? Yeah. One of the things that I noticed teaching meditation and people coming to me and talking about meditation and mindfulness and all these things that have been around for 5, 10, 20 years, and particularly the last kind of five years, is it was almost sold as a panacea that, you know, mindfulness will deal with everything and it's easy and it's accessible. Really the truth though is mindfulness is a discipline, as is meditation, and they're slightly different things, but they're a discipline and they're something that we have to practice. But the great thing about VR is that it enables us to cheat, basically. So what happens is when we put on a, unlike, you know, mindfulness where we have to sit or meditation, sit in a room, clear our mind, get in touch with our breathing, stop thoughts coming into our head. With VR, we stick a headset on and it's like, as you know, the Star Trek holodeck, you get transported to the beach, to the river, to the tree, and you sit there and we just look around in that space, full 360, 
immersive experience with ambisonic sounds. So we think we're sitting beside that tree or beside that lake. And what happens then, of course, is we produce the endorphins as if we were there. So we're getting the meditation experience by doing nothing other than sitting around and sitting down and, and looking around. So we don't have to go through the difficulty of learning the practice and of disciplining ourselves to meditate 5, 10, 20 minutes every day. So what you're doing, Stephen, is you're providing content for a VR headset that is immersive in a calming environment. Is that right? That's exactly it. Yeah. So this is the Industry 4.0 podcast, Stephen. Why would you come on this podcast and tell us about something like that? What has that to do with work? Well, it's everything to do at work, actually, because what we now know, you know, from the science is that people perform better if they have micro breaks and micro breaks isn't just going up and getting a, a sustenance break, getting your coffee or your sandwich or eating at your desk or, or whatever. It's taking a, you know, a full break from work and the coffee cooler, the water cooler conversation helps us do that. And obviously in COVID, it's much harder to avail of that. It's the non-sustenance, it's the break from your environment, if you like, that really helps you. And what it does is it helps you perform better. So, for instance, if you're moving from one task to another, you will typically take some of the previous task with you. Did I say the right thing to Patrick? Did I say, did I mention this? Did I, should I have done that? And you go into the next task distracted already. So you're getting 70% of somebody or 80% of somebody for 60 minutes. And what the micro break does is it enables you to get 100% of somebody for 56, 57 minutes because they've taken three minutes to reboot, recenter, refresh themselves, whatever phrase you want to use, but they leave the old task behind them. So we know that the micro breaks work. And the other element here is nature. What we know about nature is that the more time we spend in nature, the more cooperative we tend to be with other people. It's an extraordinary phenomenon. And it seems to be that subconsciously we realize when we're in nature, we're just part of this great web of life or however you want to describe it. So when we go back to our work, subconsciously, we're happier recognizing we're part of a team. So spending time in nature is good for us at the moment, whether through COVID or a lot of us living in big cities and urban areas, it's harder to get to nature. And what VR does is it tricks your body into thinking you're in nature. So from a work perspective, what you get is people who are more focused, more relaxed. And we know that the more relaxed you are, the more willing you are to learn and to listen uh, and more cooperative and healthier which obviously has a long-term impact on the staff and the employer, you know, not just in terms of performance, but in terms of corporate brand and employee engagement and all these things. People will stay in companies longer if they are healthier and happier. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you mentioned uh, VR headsets in there. This is a thing which is delivered through VR. Will you just tell us about VR headsets, about their how far along those technologies are, how available the technology is, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's a rapidly changing landscape. When we started to look at this, you know, the headsets were tethered to PCs and they cost a couple of thousand euros or dollars and they were, you know, not the most accessible. And then Oculus came along with the Oculus Go, which was retailing for, I think, about $300. 
and had all the brains within it, if you like. So it had processors and Wi-Fi and it had storage capacity. So you could download content onto that and you could take it anywhere. It was no longer tethered to the PC. And then other companies like Pico and Vive and others did the same. So the technology is now increasingly affordable. It's secure from an IT perspective and all that kind of thing. The devices are easy to clean. So it's a lot more mature landscape than it was even two or three years ago. And I think what we'll see in the next six, 12 months, probably coming out of of Asia, will be a much more affordable commodity type headset of that type, you know, for $100, maybe $200, which again will make a big difference in the marketplace. And of course, the other technologies that are there is that we can now deliver, as we do, a lot of the VR content on mobile phones and you watch it with what is called an adaptable headset. So this is basically a frame around the lenses, if you like, and you just stick the headset into the frame or you stick the mobile phone into the frame and it plays um, and using the lenses there, you get the 3D and the immersive experience. And a lot of people will be familiar with devices like Google Cardboard, which retail for, you know, five to 10 euros. And there are others with Bluetooth um, headsets and sound and all that kind of thing, which maybe might go up to 30, 40 euros. That makes a lot of sense to me. So your proposal is that companies should invest in providing these sorts of wellness solutions to their staff. How do companies go about that? Where does one start if you wanted to champion uh, this type of project in your business? The technology lends itself to trialing it. And I suppose there's two ways of doing that. One is if people are physically together, you know, if you have a group of 5, 10, 20 people, you could try one or two headsets, put it in a, a breakout room, a meeting room, um, the coffee dock, whatever, and just leave it there. And there's good hygiene to make sure that that's cleaned appropriately between use. And you can leave it there and, and people can then pick it up and use it. And either the device can, if people wish, record some of that usage in terms of how many people used it and what they looked at and how long they spent on it and that kind of thing. Or the other way they can do it is the app is available on the iOS and the Android stores. So again, people can download that onto their smartphones. So any phone that's probably less than three years old will be able to take this technology and use it properly. And we can then ship out if people are at home or in different workplaces, we can ship the adaptable headsets to them. And then they just download the app. The content comes with that, put it into the adaptable headset and away you go. The whole ethos of what we're trying to do here is to make it accessible. So it's accessible from a user perspective in terms of being able to go into the experience and just relax and enjoy it. But it's also accessible from a technology perspective. You know, it's click and play. We didn't want this to be the preserve of the IT specialists or the early adopters or people who can download this file and use it with this software and run it with that program. We want it just, frankly, the likes of me to be able to download an app, stick it into a headset and play it, or get my Oculus or my Pico download from their store and away I go. Uh, And that's a key part of the experience for us. I can imagine it being extremely relevant right now in the world, whereby so many of us are on a Microsoft Teams loop where we never get off our computers. We're constantly just speaking to people. And the idea that you can provide it to a home base, that's very, very exciting. uh, I think there's a real opportunity that would help my company anyway a lot so you won't believe this Stephen but sometimes working with me can be quite stressful 
I doubt that. I, 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 <laughs> I, doubt that. I doubt that. Whether it's, you know, they say there's good stress and there's bad stress. It's such a fast moving world at the moment. Will we have a vaccine? Won't we have a vaccine? Even leaving aside that, what's happening with elections? What's happening with economies? What's happening with this technology and other technologies? It's stressful enough, even if that's good stress. Um, and we need to just take time out and sometimes get off the hamster wheel, as it were, take five minutes out and say, OK, am I approaching this meeting in the right way? Never mind, am I approaching my team dynamics in the right way or my strategy in the right way? And this helps. You know, it's not the panacea, but it certainly helps us approach all those issues in a more positive way. And also, I suppose, Patrick, it's worth pointing out, it's the start of a journey as well. So not only does it enable all the things we've spoken about, but you know the technology is moving so quickly. You know, even now you can use your headset and do conferencing on a headset. You can sit on a beach while you're having a chat with your colleagues who are in the same beach, or you can share files, Word documents, spreadsheets, designs, whatever it might be. So ultimately, in a couple of years' time, you and I both will be talking to our councillors on VR headsets, having stressed everybody out around us and now realising that it's our fault and we'll go and get our counselling. But we'll be doing it on a headset. We won't have to travel to the councillor's office. We won't be ringing them on a phone where it's maybe a bit more impersonal. You know, so all that technology we will grow into as the industry grows. And I think this is the starting point for that. But you're not losing anything in that starting point, if you like. You're not sacrificing now. The investment you're making now has a very real return in the short term. Well, I think there's a lot to what you just said. I mean, earlier you talked about trying out the technology by just getting a handful of headsets and leaving them in a breakout room or providing it to staff who are at home using uh, Google Cardboard or something like that. I mean, it's very interesting to start from that low, from that easy entry point. And you're painting a vision for me of this being the norm, that we'll all have these types of tools available to us. What we know when we dive into this and we look at the number of Fortune 500 or FTSE companies that are using VR, whether for technical skills, soft skills, marketing purposes, customer feedback, conferencing, sharing information. It's being used in so many different places. One of the slight challenges for innovation teams rolling out this technology is that they haven't quite found something that will make it ubiquitous. And the idea of making it ubiquitous and some potential clients of ours are saying, okay, this is a good way for us to justify the spend on the infrastructure, the headsets or the app or, or whatever. But they're confident that having it used by employees throughout the organization will then drive use cases in areas such as hard skills, soft skills training, in areas such as customer communication, marketing, so that people, once they start to play with the technology and get some benefits out of it, will start to think, okay, what other parts of my job could lend itself? And of course, when they think of it, they'll probably discover there's a supplier out there and there's a Fortune 500 company already doing something similar. Um, so that's interesting. If I were a listener, I'm interested in this and I'm interested in championing it in my business. The the route you feel, you know, you're saying that they like this as a way to begin to deploy VR in their businesses. From your experience, is it sort of through the HR lens of that they have a wellness budget or they think about this and that's how you begin? Or um, how exactly, if I were the, that champion and I'm thinking of bringing this along, what is the language that I want to use 
within my organization to say, we're doing this. This is going to be our first step into a bigger journey. Yeah, it's been a real mix. So for some big organizations, they have wellness experts and wellness budgets and, and we're speaking to them. And they're certainly, you know, getting on board with the idea. And we're, we're trialing with some very interesting companies at the moment. Some, though, is is much more, you know, a, a manager with 40 people who's using it for hard skills training is then saying, oh, OK, if I were to put, as we can do, our content onto another platform, so the people who are providing the hard skills training, well, then suddenly, the, you know, he can or she can use that to go to the company and say, there's actually, there's two uses for this. So training and wellness. So we're aggregating the hardware cost and the resources put into the project. Other companies see it as a part of their employer brand and staff engagement piece. So again, you can imagine if you're sitting at home and on your headset, you have your meditations and all the rest, but also maybe every month or every six months, you might get a fireside chat with the chief executive and he or she can be sitting you know, at their desk, looking you in the eye and delivering the message rather than just reading it in a press release or whatever. So there's lots of uses that the platform can be put to as well. It's a long answer to your question. There's a lot of different drivers for adoption here. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. The truth is, I think it would be challenging for a staff member for five minutes an hour to go away and put on a VR headset and relax in that there's almost a stigma to that. Whereas the idea that they're using the VR headset for other things, so people don't truly know, are they doing it because they're being trained and this is part of their job? Or are they doing it because they are relaxing and taking five minutes to uh, decompress? Yeah, I think there is, unfortunately, still that stigma. If you tell people that you're going to the gym, people go, fair play to Patrick. If you tell them that you're meditating because you find work stressful, which is really the equivalent of going to the gym because you find you're putting on weight or whatever, there is that kind of judgment that comes with it. And I think that's a really interesting point. So I think if people are using... You know, and we see the benefits, by the way, is five minutes a day rather than, than an hour. But in this environment, the more uses you have on the headset, the more anonymity you have, if you like. Yes. So people aren't looking and going, oh, there's Stephen using the headset again. He must be under pressure. But on the more positive side of that, what it does as well is we found it's enabled people to have the mental health conversation in a way that's, you know, what I call dancing around the handbags. So Instead of me looking you in the eye and saying, Patrick, how are you doing today in a way that I haven't done in the last five years when I've been managing you, which just becomes an awkward conversation. If I can say, Patrick, how did you find the the VR experience? Did you prefer the lake? Are you more into the male voiceover, the female? Then you're opening up a conversation in a very normal, benign way. And if I as a manager then pick up on the fact that you're saying, oh, it's good, but I could do it a bit more help or I could you can start the conversation, the mental health conversation in a much more positive way. Very good. Very good. Okay. So actually on that topic, so you're obviously working in VR. What other aspects of VR excite you? In what ways will our listeners be using VR in one, three and five years or or whatever? I think There are so many parts of it that excite me. I think the ability, PwC have some really interesting case studies where they use it for soft skills training, whereas they put you in a room so you're literally experiencing an exchange between two other people. 
and they use it for things like diversity and bullying and that kind of thing. So what you come out of that experience is not an intellectual understanding of harassment, but an emotional response to seeing it in, in front of you. That's really important. You know yourself and the work that you're doing on implementations and training that the teaching people through VR and AR, you're stimulating muscle memory much more than intellectual capacity. So the training becomes much more effective. I think communication will be huge. It'll be much easier for people to truly communicate with people through VR. So you won't just be looking at a screen. You can look at an environment that I'll be able to create my environment. I'll be able to decide whether I bring in my family or not, or my colleagues. So you'll be getting a lot more of me when you're talking to me, if you like. So I think that will be huge. In a world that's increasingly divided, I think it will be good to be able to open up to people, albeit remotely. Terrific. Okay. So thanks so much for that. Stephen, where can people find out more about you and about your company? So the website is um, solusvr.com and we're accessible there with all the contact details. We're obviously on LinkedIn and Facebook and places like that as well. But really, solusvr.com is the starting point. We're delighted to talk to anybody, even if they're, you know, some people contact us and say, look, we're kicking tires here, but what's going on? That's fine. The industry to an extent is at that stage. So we're very happy to talk to people, whether it's the possibility of doing anything in the short, medium or long term. So we're happy to talk to anybody who reaches out. Sorry, can you spell Solace VR again? Yeah, it's www.solasvr.com. Terrific. And why Solace? Why is Solace in your name? Because for, in most languages, it means light or, or sun. It's that resonance. So what we think is that we can just bring a little bit of light, whether that's just physical light in the, in the dark days that you put on a headset and you're beside a sunny beach, or a little bit of joy and illumination into otherwise stressful days. That's really the genesis of the word. We spent a long time trying to find a word that we were happy with, that summed up what we were trying to do. Uh, and we landed on, on solace. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much, Stephen. No, no, Patrick. Thanks for your time and best of luck with everything that you're doing. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can subscribe on all the usual channels and find out more about our sponsors, Utilier on utilier.com. Utilier can be your partner for augmented reality, improving efficiency and reducing downtime.